Welcome to Holy Nurtured. I'm your host, Jordan Lee. Holy Nurtured is a podcast designed to educate, encourage, and empower women to be health advocates in their homes by providing content that nurtures the whole individual in a practical way. This podcast will help shed light on the simplicity of living a healthy lifestyle. While food and nutrition will be a predominant focus, living a wholly nurtured life demands attention to faith and body care as well. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome again to the Holy Nurtured Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Lee. I'm excited to revisit my Build Your House series. Today's message within this series is titled, Aligning the Culture of Your Home to God's Culture. Similar to my introductory podcast in this series, I'm speaking primarily to the ladies. As a woman, wife, mother, and daughter, I play a pivotal role in my earthly home. Ladies, you do too. As Christian wives and mothers, according to Titus 2, 4b-5, through KJV, we are called to be sober, to love our husbands, to love our children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to our own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. To be honest, when you hear that, at least myself being the optimist, prior to marriage and children, it seems like an easy-peasy, no-brainer thing to do, as the thought of marrying the husband of my youth or dreams and having children and a physical place you can call home awesomely amazing. Yet, when the tables are turned, you get married, you have a child or children, real life hits, pre-COVID-19 and during COVID-19, life becomes real. All of a sudden, we don't know how to love our families, nor obey our husbands. Our houses are in disarray emotionally, spiritually, and my goodness, visibly by all eyes. And you laugh cry because what you believed before was asinine to what you are experiencing now. I carumba. Thankfully, our God is greater than our temporary feelings and many soap opera dramas. Thankfully, we have a resource that will give us instruction on how to love our husbands, raise up our children, be good stewards of our homes and God-given possessions, and how to find peace amidst the chaos that we think is surrounding us, but really a predominant amount of the chaos is within us, specifically our hearts and minds. That resource is the Word of God. No better resource than the Word of God. So, after we've come to the realization for our need of God, through humility and repentance, we can move forward. So, how do we as Christian women align the culture of our home to God's culture? Number one, we must always begin with Christ, specifically His example and sacrifice. We read in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, 
but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus made it clear what his purpose was on earth, doing what God created and called him to do. Similarly, as Christian women, we are called to do God's will for our, or in essence, his life through us. When it comes to loving our husbands, loving is not only the physical and emotional connection we provide for them, but most importantly, the spiritual connection through practice. Practice of what you may say, respect. In the beginning, God laid down the order of the home. God, Jesus, husband, wife, and children in that order. That's why the word says that as wives, we must submit to our husbands, just as our husbands, if believers in Jesus, submit to God through submission of Jesus Christ. We have to remember, submission is not a negative thing. Submission to the Father is what Jesus shares is his purpose, and we know how his story ended in the physical but is forever alive in the spiritual, as all believers will have the joy of experiencing in God's timing. When we do the will of the Father, we are able to align the culture of our homes to God's culture, as He designed it to be. But how do we respect our husbands through our obedience to them, and be consistent in raising our children up in the admonition of the Lord when we are tired and burned out being the bad cop, and be wise with what we say and behave amidst the plethora of never-ending duties at home? The how-to begins and continues through what we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 reads, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. We must intentionally make time to communicate with God, who will give us comfort, strength, purpose, and power through the Holy Spirit to persevere through our callings as wives, mothers, daughters, sisters, and friends. This should be a daily thing to get our days started. However, not the only time we seek God. Instead, our seeking should be moment by moment. As a new mama, taking care of my daughter's needs reminds me of how God takes care of our needs moment by moment. As Shiloh communicates her needs, whether verbally through all kinds of noises, physically, such as crawling up to me and pulling at my shirt, or my most recent favorite, twirling and face planting on the bed prior to giving her a soothing rock to bed, aka tired baby manifestations. We have to remember that we have access to the Father for all our needs too. Number two, we align the culture of our home by learning from the past. This means our past lives, our parents' lives, and of course the people written in the Bible. 
learning from the past helps us make wiser decisions in the present and future. If it was not so, why do we have the Word of God? His Word is richly filled with a multiplicity of life lessons from people from all walks of life. Personally, when I think about the Word of God and the power of learning from our past, specifically from our parents, or in some instances, our ancestors, I think about the book of Proverbs, specifically Proverbs 31, as this chapter of all the previous includes the sayings of King Lemuel, a.k.a. King Solomon, the wisest man, but, keyword, but, with an inspired utterance, his mother taught him. We can learn so much from those before us. Well, there, well, while there are so many other books that can really drive this point home, that will serve for another podcast for another day. Number three, we align the culture of our home by letting emotions guide us to God, not govern us. Personally, this is an area that I am working on moment by moment. I can easily blame postpartum and breastfeeding hormones for my oscillating emotions or anything but myself. Yet, if I truly want to live for Christ, to be the example in my home for Shiloh and future baby Lees, my home church, and everywhere I go, I need to fight the temptation to respond in my flesh. I have to make the choice to operate in the Spirit. This requires the channeling of my emotions into the right power source. Capital G-O-D. I must allow my emotions to guide me to God. We have to remember our emotions are not bad. Our emotions are 100% normal and natural. If you've had the opportunity to read the book of Psalms, every psalm is filled with human emotion. The emotion, however, is guided to God, not governed by flesh. And, well, when the emotion was governed by flesh, because remember, David was a human, it led David back to God. Let's be encouraged by the words and truths of Psalm 91. This psalm, specifically, speaks about the assurances of God's protection. When you get a moment, grab your Bible, whether paper or on your phone, and read Psalm 91 for encouragement. As stated in the first point, we must always begin with Jesus, His example and sacrifice. I am leading us back to Him again. Specifically in Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 44. In this passage, we see that emotion, specifically fear, guided Jesus to communicating to the Father. To give you some context, this was prior to Jesus' capture to be brought to Pilate for trial and to what was to come, Christ's crucifixion. While we know that Jesus is God manifested as man, we have to remember Jesus was still a man who experienced what we do in the flesh. Before I read the passage, imagine this. 
you knew that someone you thought was your friend was planning to set you up to be captured. Not only that, that after you were captured, you would be verbally and physically abused. You would be dragged in front of crowds in the most vulnerable state to then be stretched out, tied up, and pierced into a wooden cross to be mocked and killed. The most crazy part is, you knew going through all that was previously shared that was that I previously shared was your purpose in life to do to carry the weight and sins of a world that may not all accept you imagine that i don't know about you but that would lead me to finding comfort and comfort and mental emotional and spiritual peace and perseverance from god His emotions guided him to God. Again, when you have the chance, I encourage you to go read Luke chapter 22, 39 through 44. Again, Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 44. Words cannot quite express what Jesus went through for us. Well, two words can. True love. When I could have given up on my life by allowing my emotions to govern me, govern my way of life, by God's grace, it did not. May 10th, 2018, I gave birth at 33 weeks to my angel baby, Judah Lee. Our physical loss was the most painful experience in my life, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and spiritually. Yet, Because I chose to let my emotions guide me to God, I matured spiritually. The morning after our physical loss, but spiritual gain, my emotions could have governed me to give up on God and give up on my marriage. However, praise be to God. The Holy Spirit uplifted me and reminded me that our daughter's precious name, Judah, which means praise, was instruction for us to do in our season of mourning. Praise God. Ironic and strange to those who are not in the family of God to thank God when you've lost your child with whom you've physically carried for almost nine months. You've dreamed, planned, and prepared for a life with her and much more. But because of Jesus... Despite our physical loss, we always have Judah spiritually, and we have hope and joy knowing when it is time for our departure on earth, we can be reunited with her once more. So, in the hospital bed May 11th, the first thing I did was put on praise and worship music. I sang through tears that morning, and for days, weeks, months, Yet choosing to praise God guided me into a stronger relationship with Him that helped build my marriage amidst our loss and the chaos of life around us. In addition, this gave me more fervency for the mission God has placed in my life and more profound gratitude as I take care of my second child. Praise be to God, Shiloh, our rainbow baby. Number four, how do we align the culture of our home? 
by replacing grumbling with godly gratitude. I think I'm sharing all my secrets today. Honestly, this point is linked to being guided versus governed by emotions, numero two. In addition, it's tied to learning and understanding yourself, personality, and history, as well as your past, specifically your upbringing. I recently listened to the Insta Church live sermon this past week, led by my husband's friend, Alex Dion Wilson. In his sermon, he shared why God uses the language of his sheep and himself as the shepherd. Sheep have terrible vision. Sheep's vision is this, left to right, and what is behind. They lack depth, perception, or the ability to see what is truly in front of them and what is to come. Personally, as a sheep to an excellent shepherd, I get caught on what I see to the left or right of me. Such as, this room is a mess. This kitchen is a mess. I cannot do anything. I am overwhelmed by the mess. I then look back in reference to my past and how I was used to living. Everything was always clean or nicely picked up when I was single and when I lived at home. And when it wasn't as a child or young and young adult, I would hear from it from a particular parent. So naturally, I am inclined to respond in the same way today with my husband or anyone who is unlucky to deal with my lack of sight. Thankfully, my husband, who acts as my earthly shepherd, continuously points out, we are living in this moment in time. You will have time later to pick things up. No one is bothered or hurt by a few items on the floor or a messy kitchen. Chill. When I've gotten a little too much, again, the earthly shepherd points to the word, You worry too much, Martha. Be like Mary. Obviously, there are other instances where I struggle in this area. As a wife and mother of a baby who wants to get into everything and we are limited to such a small space, hashtag apartment living, I can grumble and lose sight that our apartment living is only temporary. And my heavenly shepherd is in the business of providing for his children in his timing. Philippians 4.8 gives us insight on how we can change our thoughts instantly. Philippians 4.8 Philippians 4, reads, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is a practice I can definitely use in my life every day before I allow my emotions to govern my attitude and behavior. What is true in my life? What is noble in my life? What is right in my life? You get the picture. Similar to how I broke down prioritizing peace in my prioritizing peace episode, we can use the same breakdown for these things to think upon. What is true in the spiritual, mental, and physical? 
it may be a lot to do that at one time. So instead, focusing on the spiritual and physical is a great starting place. This can be a practice you implement during your quiet time with God. For example, what is lovely in my life in the spiritual? For me in the spiritual is that I have a God that loves me unconditionally, is faithful and will work everything in my life for my good and His glory. Currently, what is lovely in the physical is that Despite two pregnancies in a two-year period, plus more than half my life in vigorous physical activity, my body is in excellent shape to do day-to-day activities and more. When I think about what is lovely about my family is that we all woke up this morning. We are all alive and well. I have a husband who takes care of us spiritually. I have his protective covering who takes care of us mentally, emotionally, and financially. I am blessed. Fifth and final. Lastly, we align the culture of our home by creating time and space for intimacy in the home. This is in regards to spiritual, emotional, and physical intimacy. In, to me, you see. While we may all be required to be home right now due to the infamous COVID-19, this does not mean we are closer than before. To align the culture of our home to God's culture, this requires deep relational intimacy with one another. Again, yes, we may be physically in the same place all the time, but are we really in the same place spiritually mentally or emotionally? How are we making time to get to know our partners more, to get to know our children more, our roommates, if you're not married and live with roommates, more, or even our family outside of the home with whom we stay connected digitally? As a wife, my relationship with my husband is my top priority. I know this may be off on a tangent, but we spend so much time and money on the wedding day, but are lackluster in time and efforts after the big day. I do not know about you, but I want to love, I want the love I have for my husband to grow more and more beyond our I do's. I want to live a long and enjoyable life with him. I want to love him more and more as we age. If that is a desire for you too, setting aside time to spend with your husband is critical, especially while he is at home more now, if your husband does not work away from home. Yes, Netflix and chill is something most do, but how about more pillow talk via chat and chill? or enjoy nature, walk and talk? How about we put our phones down and look into the eyes of the one we chose more? As new parents, it can be challenging to find alone time, in particular when our roommate is our baby who is still 100% dependent on mother cow. (laughs) Yet, both parties must be intentional in making time for one another. 
I am so thankful that my husband is a leader and innovator in this area because it truly sets the culture of our home to be intentional together. Let's remember God's designed order. God, Jesus, husband, wife, and children. Similar to prioritizing peace for ourselves as wives, we must prioritize peace in our marriage by doing our best to meet the needs of our husband's spirits, minds, and bodies. If you feel as if you do not know his needs, be open to asking your husband and listen. As the word says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. If he opens up, do not shut him down. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. And understand that if he shares a need that he feels you are not providing, it's an area where you can improve. It does not mean you are a failure. Again, it does not mean you are a failure. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you in these areas and to remove your pride. If you do not feel confident enough to ask Him or prefer to use all of your senses, spiritual first, ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment on what He needs and then observe Him. Again, my husband is an excellent observer, listener, and tab taker of my needs. God gives us all of these senses. Why not use them to help grow your marriage in a positive way? The most profound way to grow in intimacy with your spouse is through praying together. Satan goes to and fro and he detests godly relationships, especially marriages that follow God's design. We have to remember, according to Ephesians chapter 6, Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, we, W-E, fight as a couple against the powers of this dark world and spiritual forces of evil through prayer. We must unite in this way more regularly. Naturally, another top, 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 top way to grow in intimacy with your spouse, which is a top, 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 top need for males, is through physical intimacy. Hint, hint, Songs of Solomon. I will leave it there. Ladies, here's some encouragement. If your husbands are not willing to put their phones or screens down or compromise at first with their time, continue to pray. But just as significant is to be the example. As 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1-2 through two reads, Wives, submit to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey, you may win over your husbands without a word, by your actions, when he sees your respectful and godly conduct. Ladies, our conduct speaks louder than words. Our conduct speaks louder than words. We also know that our conduct or work in relation to Proverbs chapter 31 
specifically verse 31, which reads, Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. While we can definitely be talkers, sometimes it's best that we communicate by what we do more than what we say. Again, let us communicate more by what we do more than what we say. Actions speak louder than words. Before you act, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Your heart, that is. Because, well, we know that everything we do flows from our heart. Next, the Word of God is the first resource to help us grow in our marital and in all relationships, period. However, if you are a bookworm or have time on your hands, I'll offer two books that I've personally read, the first more than the second, that will help you understand your spouse and their needs better to help create more intimate and special interactions. Book number one, Gary Chapman's The Five Lung Love Languages. Book number two, shout out to the Now That We're a Family podcast of Elijah and Katie Votberg. Their recommendation, His Needs, Her Needs by Willard F. Harley. To review, I shared five points we can each implement to help align the culture of our home to God's culture. Here they are. Number one, we must always begin with Christ. Number two, we must learn from our past. Number three, we must let our emotions guide us to not guide us to God, not govern us. Number four, we must replace grumbling with godly gratitude. And fifth and final, we must create time and space for intimacy in the home. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It is always my prayer that what I share will serve to educate, encourage, and empower you as the health advocate of your home. If you would like access to the show notes for today's podcast and future episodes, connect with me on Instagram at Holy Nurtured. All you have to do is send a direct message with your name and email, and you will personally receive the show notes from me. If you have a desire for connection, whether for the purposes of accountability or simply want to join a growing community of like-minded women, send a request to the Holy Nurtured Facebook group. This is a private Facebook group where I will post information regarding the podcast, weekly challenges in relation to the podcast of the week, daily encouragement, and much more. Again, thank you for joining me today. God bless.